Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Iran's nuclear weapon mastermind assassinated. Now what? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Well, you probably have heard the news, although it hasn't gotten as much uh, play as it might otherwise had gotten, <laughs> would have gotten, um, were it not that we're still embroiled in all kinds of uh, election and political issues. But in any case, um, I'm going to be telling you uh, some of the details about this, the story behind the story. And um, it's really a, a fascinating story. And, you know, now what is the key? Because, um, because what is going to happen now that he is dead? Okay, so his name is Motion. Bakrizadeh Mahabadi. That is going to probably be the last time I say that for the rest of this uh, podcast because I'm going to call him Motion so I don't have to keep uh, stumbling over Bakrizadeh Mahabadi. All right. He was born in, and died in Iran. He was born in 1958 and died in uh, uh, on November 27th, 2020. Actually, the, the date of his birth is somewhat a question because he's been called 59, uh, 60, 61, 62 years old. In any case, he was a brigadier general in the Islamic Re Revolutionary Guard Corps and a senior official in the nuclear program of Iran. And he taught physics at Iman Hussein University in Tehran. But really, the physics professor job was more or less um, a cover-up. In other words, that wasn't his most important job in Iran. His most important job was as the top nuclear physicist. He was the mastermind of the race for nuclear weapons. Um, he is called, um, he, he is like the father. He's been called um, Iran's Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer was a professor, professor of physics in, um, in, the, in the U.S. Uh, he was at Berkeley, so, you know, they were both professors. Uh, but Oppenheimer was also the father of the atomic bomb. So he was Iran's Oppenheimer. And um, I want to, um, just this is, first I'm going to give you a little introduction because to put this in context, First of all, um, as you know, Iran is the number one supporter of radical Islamist terrorism in the world. 
So it's, we're not just talking about Iran in terms of the consequences um, and in terms of um, benefit, really, of his death, um, but it really has to do with more than Iran. It has to do with terrorism all over the world. Now, I also want to uh, caution you because I've been doing lots of research about this, and it is so fascinating and kind of sad that depending upon what news report you read about this, you will get biased news in many of them, if not most. You know, just like uh, we have been having biased news in regard to the election, it hasn't stopped. So the news reports in regard to the death of our friend Motion, well, I won't call him a friend, in regard to Motion varies whether the outlet is for or against Trump, for or against Israel, for or against Jews. Some of the reports are anti-Semitic. Um, so it's not just the news in the U.S., in Iran, and in Israel that are, you might expect to be biased in a certain way, but it's really reports from all over the world. So please be careful when you hear or read um, more news about this. Now, my point of view is um, what I wrote in my tweet when this happened. I wrote, uh, Iran's top nuclear scientist, uh, Moshin Bakrizadeh, um, had to be killed in case Biden becomes president because Obama Biden made America more vulnerable to terrorism than any other administration. And re-signing the nuclear deal is a threat for Israel and the US. Now, uh, at real Donald Trump can protect us. Now, obviously, you know, I know that those are very controversial statements that I just made. First of all, um, had to be killed. Some people might not agree with that. And then in case Biden becomes president, some people think that he already has um, been elected president. And, but as far as the Obama-Biden making America more vulnerable to terrorism than any other administration, I certainly hope that there is no, um, well, there will be some people who will disagree with that, but actually the, the facts speak for themselves, and that is certainly true. Um, and re-signing the nuclear deal. The nuclear deal was, what is, and I re-signing the nuclear deal would be a threat for Israel and the U.S. Um, now, the nuclear deal was very bad, and um, President Trump um, took us out of it, and um, Prime Minister of Israel Netanyahu certainly was in agreement of that. You may remember Netanyahu came to Congress and spoke against the, um, the deal, the nuclear deal with Iran, and that's because the, the nuclear deal was all in favor of Iran. It really did not protect us from Iran. It was all, um, big, I mean, you know, the big part of it is, I mean, the underlying part is that you can't make a deal with someone who you can't trust. And clearly Iran has shown itself as a country and with leaders who you can't trust. Now, um, um, Motion has a PhD in nuclear radiation and cosmic rays. Uh, he, in 
he has been, you know, it's been reported way before now that he is in charge of, of Iran's nuclear weapons program. Uh, in 2012, for example, the Wall Street Journal called him Tehran's atomic weapons guru. The, and the New York Times called him in 2014 the closest thing to an Iranian Oppenheimer, as I described. Um, he was in charge of Iran's nuclear program, Project 111, and um, that is their attempt to create a nuclear bomb for Iran. Now, Iran has long, <laughs> you know, how they expect us to believe this, I don't know, but he has long denied that their nuclear program has a military aim. Well, of course it does, and but that was, you know, the lies what that they were trying to put forth and when as part of the deal that oh we're not really going to do anything to uh, hurt you and the deal had um from what i remember the deal had a, a 10-year limit and then we would have to negotiate a new deal well you know <laughs> 10 years that would be about this time that uh, it would take for them to perfect their uh, atomic weapon is what they presumably estimated um, so, so again, he was, he was it, he was key to their uh, effort to design a nuclear warhead. Now, there are some interesting descriptions that, that disagree with each other uh, as to the uh, um, assassination, how it happened. Um, he was ambushed, this is, you know, agree, people agree, he was ambushed while he was traveling in a car on a rural road in a city near Tehran, and um, some reports say that the attack was initiated when a truck carrying explosives hidden beneath a load of wood detonated near his car. And then there was a second vehicle that was destroyed with a bomb, uh, according to some reports. Then his bodyguards clashed with the attackers. Uh, now this part is also, um, there are different reports on, uh, in regard to this. Um, three bodyguards, may have been killed by the attackers and others were wounded. And um, now Iranian sources report that three to four of the attackers were killed, but this, and it's possible, but it doesn't seem to make sense because Iran is blaming Israel, but they are not um, showing what proof they have behind it. And one would think that if there were three or four of the attackers who were killed, they'd be able to investigate who these people were. So I don't know. Also, it is said that some of his family members were killed or injured in the attack. And then there was a report of a suicide attacker who later died from his injuries. Well, again, same thing. If, if, if a, this person died, they should be able to figure out where he came from. And then he was taken to a hospital where he died after the doctors tried to resuscitate him. Um, now, what is the impact on U.S. Po policy? This is also something that is debated. But one of the key points is that, I mean, one of the theories that is being um, forwarded is that the reason why this was done was to complicate Biden's relationship with Iran. Biden has made it known that he wants to rejoin um, the, the deal, the nuclear deal with Iran that Trump got us out of. And so um, it is some people say that this attack was deliberately timed to make it harder for Biden to negotiate with Iran and to sign the treaty. And um, 
and you know um and then of course there's the possibility of what iran we're going to talk about this a little later what iran is going to do uh, because they have certainly vowed vengeance vowed revenge <laughs> they have been in the streets with uh protesters with flags of israel and america and pictures of Trump and Netanyahu, not that this is the first time by any means that they have had protests with these pictures and flags and so on. I mean, you know, how many times do leaders of Iran have to say death to America, death to Israel before we believe them? Well, I will take a break now. And when we come back, I will tell you um, some more about a different, a different take on the uh, assassination. He was still assassinated, there is no question. He was assassinated, but it's just kind of interesting. I find it interesting to look at the different uh, descriptions of the attack. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about Iran's nuclear weapon mastermind assassinated. Now what? Well, here's a different and an interesting, uh, more interesting report of um, what actually happened in the assassination. Uh, this is by the New York Post. And it says that he was killed by 62 person hit squad. Um, they pounced in six vehicles after the local power supply was cut. Now it's interesting because some reports say that it was the explosions that cut the power supply and other reports like this one say that they uh, were clever enough, <laughs> I believe this one, were clever enough to, um, to uh, cut off the power supply before the attack because then they wouldn't be able to call for help as easily and so on. So according to the New York Post, there was a team of 50 giving logistical support to 12 who carried out the actual ambush. Uh, now the New York Post got it from a leading Iranian journalist. So I tend to believe this one. All involved had entered special training courses and security and intelligence services. They were, in other words, they were very well trained before they attacked him. Uh, they knew exactly the date and the course of the movement of his protection convoy. He was in a convoy of three cars. He was in the middle car. And um, they were going around a roundabout and he was on his way to a private villa. So um, they, uh, he, he, these three cars, he was in the middle of three bulletproof proof cars. And after the first car entered the roundabout, a booby-trapped Nissan was detonated to block the car behind the one of motion as 12 gunmen pounced on him, arriving in a Hyundai, <laughs> Santa Fe, and four motorbikes. Um, then after the car bomb was detonated, 12 people opened fire towards motion's car and the first protection vehicle. So the leader of the assassination team is said to have taken him out of his car and shot him and made sure he was killed. Now, this report says none of the hit squad were wounded or arrested during the gun battle with Iranian bodyguards. Um, 
again, uh, just to uh, just to uh, clarify or add some information, Robert Oppenheimer, the scientist who was the father of the atomic bomb, uh, he led the U.S. Manhattan Project in World War II. Okay, now um, according to this is here's sort of a um, bullet points as to what has happened and pretty much agreed upon. Um, there was the ambush. The killing could complicate Biden's handling of the Iran, of the Iran nuclear deal. But you know, this is from the New York Times. Um, the point is here. First of all, it, this was not done because of Biden per se. Uh, you know, that's kind of making him too important. But it it, it probably was done in part to stop from um, to stop re-signing the deal you know, getting us into, making us, putting us in danger because of the deal being very dangerous. Um, then uh, Iran asked uh, the UN leader to strongly condemn the assassination. Uh, the, he had been a long, had long been a target of Israel's Mossad. Um, and then, okay, and then there are all kinds of Iranian leaders are saying, we will not rest until his death is avenged. And one of the places that they're talking about avenging it is in Haifa, uh, the, city, the city in Israel. Um, now, President Trump, uh, as you probably remember, withdrew the United States from the Iran nuclear deal in 2018. And Obama, this had been something that Obama had gotten us into. And as I said, uh, Obama has made us, and Biden, of course, was vice president at the time, they have put us in the crosshairs of terrorists more than any other uh, president in that has, you know, anyone that has become president. Um, and I have probably in previous, I have talked about, and so it's probably in previous podcasts, about how I think that Trump, um, I'm sorry, how I think that Obama's heritage, his childhood being indoctrinated into um, Muslim, if not radical Islamist ideas, and again, not all Muslims are radical Islamists, <laughs> uh, but in any case, it was his unconscious or conscious uh, memories of his childhood that pushed him to, in so many different ways, um, you know, he bowed in Iranian country, uh, in uh, terrorist countries, and he just did so, I can't, I don't want to take the time to give a whole list right now, because I'm talking about this assassination, but if you look back, um, he really did more than anybody to make us vulnerable to terrorists, and Trump has done more than anybody to make us safe from terrorists, not that we are completely safe, but to make us safer, I should say, from terrorism. Um, so then uh, after Trump got us out of the nuclear deal with Iran, he imposed stringent sanctions and, to, to, uh, and, and they have been working. I mean, we haven't had any major flare-ups, have we? Um, except for the one that came, wasn't really a major flare-up, but there was something that happened after we, um, killed Soleimani, but I'll get to that. Um, and Israel uh, has long opposed the nuclear deal. I said Netanyahu came to Congress and gave a passionate uh, speech that should have worked. <laughs> um, 
And yet, Obama, and yet Obama did sign the deal even after that. Um, so now it's interesting to think about how the assassination of uh, Motion Farkrizadeh, <laughs> Farkrizadeh, um, his, his assassination is actually, what effect do you think that's going to have on the other top scientists? He was the top, but still, the people who were working underneath him on the nuclear program. The message is, if we can get him, we can get you too. Now, uh, what's really interesting is that it, his killing, his assassination, was, came just two weeks after Al-Qaeda's second highest leader was gunned down in the streets of Tehran by Israeli assassins on a motorcycle. That happened August, oh no, two weeks after the intelligence officials confirmed that, um, that Al-Qaeda's second leader was gunned down on the streets of Tehran by Israeli assassins on a motorcycle. And that happened on August 7th at the behest of the United States. So, you know, so yes, that, <laughs> that is one reason why they might think that Israel is behind this assassination as well. Um, that person was Abdullah uh, Ahmed Abdullah, uh, and he was went by the nom de guerre Abu Mohammed Al Masri, and he was accused of being one of the masterminds of the deadly 1998 attacks on two U.S. embassies in East Ac Africa, and he was killed along with his daughter Miriam, and she was the widow of Osama bin Laden's son. Hamza bin Laden. So anyhow, that was a very important um, and noteworthy attack as well. Of course, you know, there wasn't very much about it in the media, but in any case, um, um, now Iran, as much as Iran wanted to say uh, that they all, the, the nuclear, um, program that they have is only for peaceful things, you know, um, they wouldn't let inspectors in. They wouldn't let inspector, they wouldn't let, um, the, the United Nations asked their inspectors, uh, asked to, for Iran to allow their inspectors to question uh, Moshin, and Iran wouldn't let them do that. So like, you know, what are they hiding? Obviously there's something there. Um, So let's see. Um, all right, let me. There's so much. I'm trying to pick out the most important things here. How um, oh, interestingly, his widow uh, said that her husband wanted to get martyred and his wish came true. So, okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> now, of course, you remember that the US killed uh, Soleimani in January in a drone strike. And when that happened, Iran did retaliate with a ballistic missile barrage that injured dozens of American troops in Iraq. And so, you know, they did do something uh, in revenge. And also, um, it's not just about bombs or uh, the military. You know, the, the one of the key, um, uh, weapons they have, besides nuclear weapons, one of the key weapons is the fact that they supervise, fund, um, invigorate <laughs> terrorists in the Middle East, well, all over the world, including 
those around Israel. They have troops in Syria, they have Hezbollah in Lebanon, and Islamic Jihad, and Hamas in the Gaza Strip. All of these troops, all of these, um, these you know, organizations, these military, these terrorists, are operate, you know, if, if Tehran says strike Israel or travel to the U.S. and create uh, tax here, uh, they will do that. Um, so that, let's see, where am I? Oh, God, it's the end of the second segment already. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we, when we come back, I will be talking more about, you know, the political aspects of this what people are speculating and all of that and what this could mean for you. So stay tuned, we'll be right back. Welcome back. We're talking today about Iran's nuclear weapon mastermind, assassinated, now what? And we're gonna be getting to the now what. We're talking about Moshin Bakrizadeh Mahabadi. Okay. Um, now, before this assassination, there was speculation that um, President Trump might be tr might pl be planning some kind of an attack or supporting an attack on Iran um, because well, you know because for lots of reasons people have been saying because you know um, because Trump wants to protect Israel. I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons. I mean, he has done more than any president to help Israel, uh, certainly more than Biden would ever do. And in fact, I'm very worried about uh, an anti-Israel agenda that if not Biden himself, then certainly the people behind him who have made no uh, secret of their animus against uh, Israel you know, some of the people in Congress, some of these uh, progressive congressmen, women. Um, so, you know, how much anti-Semitism is going to be ushered in if in fact Biden becomes president is really cause for concern. Um, now, one of the reasons why more recently, especially recently, why there have been thoughts that he might be trying to um, lure Tehran into a confrontation because, you know, of course, the key thing is because if he thinks that he's, his presidency is going to be ending uh, in January. And by the way, the reason why I keep couching, you know, these statements about if Biden becomes president or if Trump is going, if the presidency for Trump is going to end, if, if, is because I, I must say, I do still have um, hopes that um, the all of this election fraud is going to be um, exposed more, and that in fact he might still have four more years. But let's put that aside for now. Um, let's assuming that Biden is going to be president. Um, there are people saying that this happened now. Israel, uh, the Mossad, um, doing this for Israel. And of course, Trump knowing about it. I mean, yes, if, if Israel is behind it, which of course seems mostly, most likely, then uh, it would seem uh, pretty much a done deal that Trump would know about it. So um, 
so there was thought especially that he would uh, initiate or support an attack on Iran because um, there was a meeting the weekend before this happened um, in Saudi Arabia between Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and uh, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. So these three men met and they let, uh, they leaked the fact that they were meeting, dun dun dun, um, but what they discussed is still a closely guarded secret. But they are now that this assassination happened, um, they, there is thought, speculation, that they might have been talking about it at that meeting and they might have agreed to provoke and weaken the Tehran regime. And then if Iran retaliated, that could be used to justify an attack on its nuclear facilities before Trump leaves office, if he does, on January 20th. So, you know, I mean, the idea is that Trump, that people are putting forth, is that Trump would like to go out with a bang, literally, I guess. And um, if, if Iran's nuclear facilities, not just the, their top nuclear scientist, but um, if the facilities themselves were attacked, that would certainly be um, a coup for America. I mean, yeah, the danger that, you know, Iran has not let, to the extent that there is um, a treaty still in existence, which is sort of, it's very vague and questionable because European countries have, have kind of vaguely kept it in place. But Iran has been very secretive, hasn't let inspectors do all of the inspection. There have been reports that they move things underground. I mean, clearly they have been lying about how far they have gotten in their uh, program to uh, create nuclear weapons. So it, it would be good for the U.S. and good for Israel if, in fact, their nuclear um, program, their nuclear uh, where they keep their nuclear weapons and, and all the work that they're doing on it, if that was attacked, that would be good for the whole world, quite frankly, because um, it would not be good for anybody if nuclear weapons were, were, um, were discharged, were, were used. And so, um, so, you know, yes, of course, would that add to uh, Trump's legacy? Yes, it would, and it would be a uh, it would be a tremendous coup for the whole world. Now, um, there are some also who have said that this is a reason why some people have thought that Trump, this is before the assassination even, some people have thought that Trump would get us into a war with Iran or do something else where there would be some war that would give him an excuse to then stay president because there's something um, uh, that says that if you're in the middle of a war, of a big war, that um, the president has to stay in power. So there is that. Um, let's see. Now, when you, um, to the extent that UN inspectors were allowed in, they said that their uranium stockpile was now 12 times higher than permitted under the 2015 nuclear deal. 
So, you know, <laughs> they're not stopping. Um, but of course, this whole thing is a high risk gamble. Like if it really was uh, a pact between Israel and Saudi Arabia and the United States, it's obviously a gamble because there obviously can be um, uh, revenge, you know? And so um, if, um, in, the, in the meantime, if in fact Biden did, is elected and did re-sign the nuclear deal, um, and that would revive Iran's economy. In other words, it would take away all our sanctions and it would be harder to um, contain its influence in the Middle East and all over the world. And that would be obviously horrendous. So, so this is how um, it is thought that Iran might seek revenge. Um, you know, the they could increase its support, as I was starting to talk about, increase its support for all their little terrorists, all the terrorists, that's a little, all the terror, all the little, you know, I'm, I'm demeaning, being demeaning, but like, it's obviously, it's a huge threat. Um, all the terrorists who they have been supporting over the years with money, with arms, uh, with intelligence, they can get all of them to attack Israel notably Israel's soft targets like tourists and students, as well as, and then also there's been mentioned current recently um, about Haifa, the city of Haifa in Israel. Um, I'm not sure why they would particularly want to uh, attack Haifa, but that was mentioned as a target. And um, also Amer Israeli officials overseas and also Americans because of our association with Israel. And, um, you know, that, needless to say, um, this could mean, um, you know, if, if it was a, if it was a, um, or, well, I mean, of course it was a purposeful attack, but it was an attack with some risks. Now, the question is going to be whether the risks were worth it. Um, is it going to uh, cause more opposition to Biden, like in Congress, for example, to, and of course, amongst American people, um, and, and Congress, hopefully, would prevent Biden from signing, re-signing the agreement? Um, you know, but Biden is under so much power and so much influence from Obama. Obama has reared his ugly head recently. And um, he, uh, he, I mean, you know, he's been so quiet um, during most of Biden's campaign until the end when he was getting worried. <laughs> but um, he and uh, has so much, so much power um, influence on Biden. And, uh, and of course, you know, the, the, the squad, the people behind the progressives behind Biden, uh, the anti-Semitic um, squad behind Biden. I mean, there are a lot of people who want him to sign the treaty and to go against Israel. And so, you know, it, it would seem very logical that it, a combination, and now, of course, that Saudi Arabia has signed the pact that, that uh, Trump put together, which was like amazing. Um, we now have Saudi Arabia as an ally. 
So yes, is it likely that Israel, Saudi Arabia, and America put this assassination together? Absolutely. Is it going to be worth it? I think in the end it will, um, because it will take away years of uh, guidance that um, would have been provided by uh, Motion Bakriza Day. Um, and, and revenge, the only question now is revenge, just what Iran is going to do, and is that going to bring us into a war? You know, <laughs> uh, that is we, something we're gonna have to see, uh, we can't really predict, but, and we'll deal with that. I mean, the one good thing about this, like what I wrote in my tweet, um, at least doing it now, before Trump leaves office, if he ends up leaving office, we will have Trump in the White House to protect us if indeed Iran does something violent in revenge. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carroll, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.